Welcome to Conversations, a clear result podcast where we're talking to the industry professionals and thought leaders who are changing the way people use energy. I'm Bo Foz. Today, I'm joined by Clear Results VP of Regulatory Affairs and Market Development, Doug Lewin, and Peter Kind, Executive Director of Energy Infrastructure Advocates. They're the co-authors of the Lower Spending, Higher Returns white paper that is available at clearresult.com. Um, I wanted to ask you guys to get started. How, how did you guys start working together? Uh, I think I'll I'll take that. So um, I met Peter, I think, a little bit before I came over here to Clear Result. He had authored uh, what what I felt to be two uh, landmark papers within the industry, um, one of those being Disruptive Challenges, which he wrote uh, with the Edison Electric Institute or for the Electric Institute, uh, Edison Electric Institute, and then uh, Pathway to a 21st Century Utility, which he wrote with uh, Ceres. And, and uh, both of these papers, I think, really kind of set a framework for the industry to both understand the challenges in the 2013 paper that we're facing the industry as far as declining sales and things like that, and then uh, a path to out of uh, that problem, a productive set of solutions that the uh, utility industry could look to uh, to continue to grow, uh, not only remain viable as, as uh, entities, but, but to continue to grow uh, into the 21st century. Um, and so I, when I came over here, I reached out to him. What we do as a business here at Clear Result is help customers use less energy under the old uh, and and con- old and continuing to be the predominant business model that utilities use uh, that's a drag on their business but we're seeing a lot of innovation in in the regulatory environment and in the uh, business utility uh, model environment around um, having energy efficiency provide additional revenue streams and and uh, earned returns uh, and, you know, I needed somebody to kind of help us navigate what that exactly looks like from an investor point of view. Right. Uh, and there's no better person to do that with than Peter Kind, who's been an investment banker for, in this uh, space for 30 years. Oh, that's, that's incredible. Um, I've spent a lot, lot of time with your paper, with both of them, actually. But I wonder if you guys could break down uh, performance mechanisms, performance incentive mechanisms, how they work, and, uh, and also what's a practical example of a of a performance incentive mechanism. Yeah, so performance incentive mechanisms uh, address uh, the problem I was talking about earlier with energy efficiency reduces overall sales, which can, under the traditional uh, utility business model, then be a drag on earnings, profits, and shareholder value. What a performance incentive mechanism is designed to do is say the utility, we understand that you are now selling less of your product by implementing these programs, but these programs have value. They have economic value because they lower overall prices, they have environmental value because they lower emissions, and they have value to your customers because it puts money back in their pockets, whether they be uh, a small business that then can hire and expand quicker because their utility bills are less, or a consumer that's spending less on their uh, energy bills and thus are gonna spend more on goods and services in their community. 
it has a, a, a number of benefits. Those are just a few. I'm not even talking about indoor air quality and health and comfort and all. There's, there's a long list. So in recognition that there's a lot of benefits and in recognition that it works against the financial interests of the utilities, uh, we're now up to, I believe it's 27 states that have some form performance incentive mechanism that give the utility a, a bonus uh, or an incentive if they meet the goals that are set out for them to reduce energy usage uh, in their service territory. Okay. So if I can continue, so um, what, I was, what I've been fascinated by and, and consistent with some of the things I've thought about in my second paper is, you know, energy efficiency really hasn't uh, hit its full stride yet. There's still a, a substantial amount of opportunity to engage customers, expand the number of uh, percentage of customers that are involved in energy efficiency, as well as the resource deployment that each customer has towards energy efficiency if he's already started to, he or she has started to pursue some of those goals. And uh, as Doug said, you know, it, it, does, it doesn't align well with the utility model. So in this paper, what we tried to do was just highlight the fact that you know, energy efficiency is probably a very good thing for customers and value and society right. uh, and probably very good for economic growth, but it's, it doesn't help in, under the current model how utilities make money and, how the, and what their responsibilities are to their investors who they have a fiduciary responsibility to. So the message for the paper is if, if we provide more meaningful performance incentives well, we could start to maybe change behavior in a more effective fashion and get the utilities more engaged in deploying energy resources, uh, efficient energy resources and energy efficiency for their customers. And so one of the things we talk about in the paper is that, you know, when you look at the 27 or so states that have uh, incent performance incentives. They tend to be pilot programs. They tend to be fairly insignificant in terms of the impact on the fi on the finances of the utility, and therefore they're really not going to drive changing behavior. And if what we're really trying to do is really engage and optimize energy efficiency, we need to also optimize how the utilities can play. And in the paper, we give an example of how we c you could almost see a structure where. The utilities are incented more, but through those incentives, they bring more value to the customers, lower rates to customers because because much of efficiency could be done at a cheaper cost than operating in the status quo. So just to clear things up for me, so like the current model uh, incentivizes infrastructure, correct? Power plants and power lines and stuff. And, and we're talking about shifting. To right. Okay. So yeah. The current model is if you spend money on capital deployment... You know, the regulatory model suggests that if it's a prudent investment, you're going to earn a return on that, a fair return on that is inconsistent with what's been allowed. But what that doesn't reflect is there may be a newer way to do things because of new energy efficiency technologies, uh, uh, new energy resources that may be on the customer side of the meter. And when you think about the opportunity set, it may be a little bit different for utilities. And therefore, to, in order to engage this new uh, and potentially more efficient behavior, they need to be incented versus just going back to the standard true model that they've worked with for you know, almost 100 years. 
The current model is referred to as rate of return regulation. Okay. The utilities earn a rate of return traditionally on the um, capital assets that go into the ground. So think of concrete and steel, right? Poles and wires, substations, power plants. That's where they make the rate of return. Anything that is an operational expense, they can recover, but they don't earn that return. Uh, on. So one of the things, one of the regulatory innovations that we're seeing in a number of states is regulators saying to utilities, you can earn a rate of return on your energy efficiency expenditures. Right. So uh, to get a little bit specific, Maryland does this. Um, Illinois in uh, the uh, much talked about future energy jobs bill, which passed at the end of last year, it was talked about for, for other reasons more. But one of the things in that bill was allowing uh, ComEd and Ameren, the two largest utilities in the state of Illinois, uh, to earn a return on equity on their energy efficiency programs. And they actually went a little bit further and said, if they go above their goal, so here's your goal, if you exceed that by up to 25%, you can earn up to 200 basis points. So 2% higher return on equity right. than you would make on traditional infrastructure spending. So the, the key to this, and, and Peter and I talk about this in the paper, is how do you create a structure where utility management, utility board of directors wake up every morning and say, how do we do more energy efficiency? Right, right, the right, traditional right. business model doesn't do that. It, it's, it's a good thing, and utilities across the country, by and large, support it because their customers like it. It's their, their popular programs. So not to say utilities are against energy efficiency, but it's kind of a nice-to-have thing as opposed to something that really drives the strategic growth of a company. Some of these regulatory changes and innovations are coming that, that, are, that are happening now and are coming in an increasing number of jurisdictions orient the utility towards how much of this can I do? So is the ideal regulatory framework that, you, uh, that you're talking about, is that like a bipartisan thing, do you think? I do. I, I can give you an example. Please. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of examples, but I'll, but I'll just pick two. Uh, Michigan, just last year, uh, with a Republican House, Republican Senate, and, and a Republican governor, uh -huh. uh, passed a bill that increased the performance incentives for the two largest utilities in that state, consumers and DTE, um, to, to give them a share of the benefits that accrue to customers from energy efficiency programs. So, for instance, you calculate, you say all those benefits we were talking about earlier, but mostly the economic benefits and and things like that. You, you calculate that and you say the customers are going to keep a majority of that benefit, mm -hmm. but let the utility earn some of that. So again, they have the motivation to do more. So the Michigan uh, legislature signed into law by Governor Snyder increased those performance incentives, giving a further inducement to the utilities to do more energy efficiency. Uh, another example would be the state of Utah. Again, uh, Republican legislature, Republican governor uh, passed a bill early in 2016 that allows uh, the largest utility there, Rocky Mountain Power, to rate base their energy efficiency programs. Uh, there they were dealing with a specific problem, which was environmental regulations were, were causing them to have to uh, close some uh, fossil plants before the end of their useful life. So what they did was they accelerated the depreciation 
on, on those plants to take them off their books quicker and replace that on their books with an energy efficiency asset, a regulatory asset made up of their energy efficiency programs. So now they're going to earn a rate of return on their energy efficiency program, similar to what I was talking about earlier with Maryland uh, right, and right. Illinois. So, Peter, in an ideal scenario where, where energy efficiency is incented or incentivized and utilities are earning higher returns and customers are happier, does, does anybody get the short end of that stick? Does anybody lose in that scenario? So, great question. Uh, f- first off, you know, the, the thesis is these are performance incentives, so they're not gifts. You have to perform based on the standards that each regulator sets to achieve those efficiency, uh, those incentives, excuse me. Uh, but, you know, in, 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 in my way of thinking, what we want to do is create the win-win-win, whereby, you know, customers win, they get more value uh, f- for their u- utility service. They get, hopefully, utility service at a lower price, and it's cleaner. Society wins because to the extent the customer has more money in his pocket, he's going to spend it elsewhere in the economy, and that's probably a very good thing. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, if the utility earns a higher return on its invested capital, then its you know its investors win as well, and investors will seek to invest in those types of companies, and those co- companies will then have a lower cost of capital, which will inure back to a benefit to those customers. So there's a flywheel effect, and so I do believe that there is a win-win here for all. And that's what we're trying to create uh, by providing meaningful incentives. And by the way, we, we didn't get to what is a meaningful incentive. So, again, I think a number of states have done some really good work. They're starting to think about how do we create these performance incentives. But the part of the message of the paper was they need to be meaningful. They need to attract management behavior, utility management behavior change. And that's probably consistent with investors being uh, excited about those incentives. Right now, I would argue, and I did a one of part of the paper describes a a poll I took of research analysts who follow the utility industry. You know, most of them were aware of a couple of the incentive programs, but couldn't tell me much off the top of their head because it's not a high priority for them. And so I asked the question, "What's it need to become a high priority?" Uh, and the answer was about. Uh, you know, about 10% or 100 basis points in today's cost of capital environment, additional earnings on an uh, overall in the business. Now, that's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time, but hopefully through properly structured performance incentives, we can get there. And uh, so that was one example. I then looked to other paradigms, uh, and Doug and I talked about what other paradigms could there be, and we hit upon the trans- the. Uh, incentivized uh, Federal Energy Regulatory Commission transmission incentives for return on equity. And while they've come down, uh, they still are in the 150 uh, or 150 basis point to 100 basis point area or one to one and a half percent. And so that was another triangulation around the same number. And that was our basis to say, hey, if we can create incentives that are structured that will allow when fully, you know, when, when operating and performance is there, that will allow utilities to earn up to 10 to 15 percent more than they're currently earning, that's going to get management uh, incented. That's going to get boards incentive to encourage it. And that's going to get focus on capital being, you know, 
allocated to those companies that are providing a better rate of return. Peter, the FERC incentive you're talking about is for interstate uh, transmission. Can, can you talk a little bit? I mean, why why did they feel the need to give a higher return for those projects, and and what impact did it have on the companies in that space? Yeah, great question. So, uh, uh, well, basically, for you know, interstate transmission uh, has been a challenging area on the regulatory front because, you know, you could announce a project or formulate a project today and it might take 20 years to actually get all the uh, approvals and siting and, you know, get through the whole environmental um, gauntlet that may be required. And so that's a pretty painful uh, exercise for most utilities. So what the FERC wanted to do to encourage interstate transmission because they thought that that would allow for more efficient flow of energy to uh, appropriate markets that if they incentivize that investment they they would encourage more investment and that would in- achieve their goal of you know lower cost energy and what they found was gee it was very successful and ultimately over time you know some of the incentives were knocked down a little bit from what could have been deemed to be almost 300 basis points down to the uh, one to one and a half, you know, 300 basis points being 3% over the allowed rate of return to now it looks more typical, which is, you know, approximately one to one and a half percent more than the allowed rate of return. Sorry, Bo, I'm going to ask another question. Please, by all means. I I, want to ask about um, the 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 motivation for uh, utilities, both in the in the FERC model and also in the ones we're talking about with the states, can you talk a little bit, Peter, about the the inducement to do more? So so we we entitled the paper "Lower Spending, Higher Returns," uh, and this is counterintuitive to most people that don't have a background in investment banking or. or stocks and, and equities and, and that sort of world. In, in, in most people's minds, you know, a higher total, uh, you know, number on the revenue side or profit side would be better than a higher return if the amount that was, that was earned was lower in the end. So, you know, if, you're, if you make $200 million in, in profits uh, with a 9% return, uh, that is not always going to be um, as attractive as making even maybe a little bit less money, 150 million, but you're earning 10, 11 percent instead of the nine percent. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how that plays out in utilities' decision making? That what that higher return does to motivate behavior? Sure. Well, um, first off, uh, you know. Obviously, managements are compensated in this industry, and like most industries, primarily around profits, net income, uh, profitability levels, or uh, return on investment. And uh, so, you know, obviously, if that drives your uh, compensation, it's also aligned with how the regulatory model works. That's going to be, you know, that's going to be something that there's alignment on and companies are going to pursue. So what we discuss uh, is the prospect for uh, potentially investing less in infrastructure, earning incentives that might allow for a total return on the investment to be higher. It might have lower net income implications, but because you're investing less, you have to raise less capital, 
and so your cost of money is less. And so what, what we're really getting at is investors should really care about what is earned on what's in, what they invest in uh, as a percentage, not the aggregate n- n- amount of net income. That's, I would argue, is a meaningless number. Uh, and that the real importance is return on invested capital. And through in performance incentives, we think we can, achieve, you know, we give an example in the paper of being able to maybe uh, in, uh, invest less, and maybe some of that investment would be behind the meter, or maybe it's just cheaper investment because it doesn't require steel and wires being built uh, in cities, which is quite expensive as an example. But investing less... Uh, and still being able to earn a higher return because there's some some incentives involved. And to the extent that the utility has to raise less capital to support that investment program, everyone wins. This has been part one of a two-part interview with Doug Lewin and Peter Kind. Join us next month for the second installment. Conversations is produced on-site at Clear Result with additional help from Sam Youngblood. Thank you to Mineral Spirits for the use of our theme song. For more information, including Doug and Peter's Lower Spending, Higher Returns paper, please visit the all-new clearresult.com where you can learn all about how we're changing the way people use energy. Goodbye for now.